At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is the nightcap. It's Holden Kushner here with the one and only Wes Reynolds. I finally had a chance to meet him in person. He hops on my Denver City cast presented by Bet Rivers all the time. Wonderful to see you, Wes. Holden, good to see you, man. Yes. Good to finally meet in person. Sharp man. You know, you made the long drive over here tonight. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. We're talking a little betting. We got some baseball plays we got to talk about. We got a lot going on tonight for. Uh, for summer, I know that a lot of people think this is the dead time, but uh, baseball, football, mm-hmm. little golf. I had my mm-hmm. guys do a write-up for me so I could actually hang in there with you and hang with Wes Reynolds. So I'm going to give you birdie oh, putting percentages. You'll, it's going to be, be You'll be fine. It's going to be amazing, Wes. Just- yeah, looking looking forward to it. Um, obviously, you mentioned we got a lot of baseball. Not a lot of West Coast baseball because they yeah. all played during the day today. So, uh uh, current every game has already started, so no uh, seven o'clock Pacific games tonight. But some very competitive ones, nonetheless, on the evening. Yeah, so. we got a good one here between the Yankees and the Mets. I mean, Scherzer leaves after ninety-nine pitches. Of course, he's throwing a fit in the dugout. He doesn't want to leave. It was a, the right move by Showalter, right? Mm-hmm. They bring in the lefty Peterson, two-run blast. Now we're tied yeah. at two. I know you got to play in this game, but this has been a hell of a game, and it's something I always look forward to during the regular seasons, the Subway Series, mm-hmm. because they just. The fans don't like each other. They're even related, and they still don't like each other, Wes. Yeah, I've got the under 7.5 here. Now all tied at two. Mets with the runner on second and two outs. But that tying home run was Glaber Torres here mm-hmm. in the top of the eighth. So uh, Clay Holmes uh, doing uh, earlier duty, usually coming in in the ninth inning, but also uh, working the eighth inning tonight. So we'll see if uh, they're going to try to have him get a six-out save or whatnot. The Yankees' bullpen has been all kind of banged up. Of mm-hmm. course, Michael King last weekend, it was announced he's going to be out for the year. Aroldis Chapman has been very erratic, shall we say, uh, throughout the season. So, you know, that's kind of, I guess, if you want to call it a team that's 66 and 32 and say that they have a chink in the <laughs> armor, that would be the bullpen for the New York Yankees. But Clay Holmes trying to get out of a little jam here in the bottom of the eighth. Yeah, so we got that. And then last night, it'll be interesting to see uh, Buck, especially if this game gets into extra innings or something like that, because last night he got nine outs from both Diaz and Ottavino. You know, usually you're hoping to get six outs, Adam. Mm-hmm. Buck says, forget about it. We got to win these games here. Very important. Buck knows the importance of that. Uh, he has been on the other side of things, of course, the early days when the interleague play was there, uh, of course. But this is this is a monster series, and, and the Mets have looked good. 
You know, yeah. The Mets have really shown out in these first couple of games. And, you know, we always kind of expect this time of year, something always happens to the Mets. The other shoe drops. Usually a pitcher blows his arm out and has to go on the DL for the rest of the year. But the Mets got their injuries very early in the season on the pitching staff with DeGrom and, of course, Scherzer, who's now back. Fantastic outing tonight, even though he's going to get a no decision. But... The Mets just keep on winning. They're not falling off 60 and 37, but they've had to do so because the Atlanta Braves all of a sudden have caught fire only two and a half games back because it just seems like, okay, when's the, when are the Mets going to come back to earth? And they have not so far. McNeil grounds out, so we will go to the ninth all tied at two in the subways. I'm always rooting for my co-hosts to get their thing done. So let's no extra innings. And one more thing uh, to talk about with the Mets. I mentioned Jacob deGrom. He went four innings in the rehab start, so it looks like the next time he's going to be on the bump is with the New York Mets. Did give up four on runs, two home runs, three walks, and six strikeouts. So rehab starts. So DeGrom should be returning very, very soon. Yeah, that was interesting, too, because he was thrown in the mid-90s. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's going to stay that way, that maybe he's starting to figure out, let's take a little bit of the torque off of my arm, or I'm just building back up. I'm not going to go 100% here. And Wes, he didn't go deep into the game tonight, but... You expect them to work him his way back in, but 95, 96, DeGrom has been working at around 100. Right. So it'll be interesting to see if DeGrom gets back. Yeah, I don't know if it's quite the cause for alarm just yet, but obviously you want to see what you have. And uh, Buck and company ready to bring him up. Yep. And then a couple other games. I mean, the only game that I'm looking at now is a complete sweat. I need the Orioles to go over three and a half runs. So we're sitting here at 4-3. Baltimore has played. Wes, they have played really good baseball. As I mentioned earlier today, you have an Orioles team. For the first time since 2017, they're not in last place after the All-Star break. They have been in last place Mm -hmm. after the All-Star break every year since 2017, every day. And they've gotten out of it. Yeah, they've slowly been, I think, improving and, you know, stay, getting young, staying young. And all of a sudden, one game over 500. You mentioned they're not in last place because the team that is in last place are the Boston Red Sox. And now they are trailing. 7-6, to six, Josh Naylor with a solo shot here in the top of the ninth. That's another game I do have. I do have the Red Sox uh, minus about $1.20-ish, somewhere in that range. I forget the exact number, but Josh Naylor takes uh, Tanner Houck deep, and all of a sudden, Guardians lead. So we talk about baseball, so many games, you're grinding out so many, and usually I could say, oh, I'll take this lesson, I won't repeat my mistakes, I won't go back to the well on this. Well, uh, Wes, there was a Blue Jays-Royals game uh, about a week and a half ago, maybe two weeks, I, mm-hmm. and the Royals were missing half their team because none of them were vaccinated, yes. right? So I didn't bet this game, but Toronto was minus 400. I didn't bet it because it was minus 400, and I said, boy, you know, this has got to be a layup, right? Well, the Royals went out. Teams are never minus 400. Royals went out and won that game. So tonight I'm looking at it. I'm reading Burke's stuff. I already had a hard lean toward the Blue Jays' run line. I rarely bet run lines by the right. way and i'm like oh gosh you know no goldschmidt no arenado there's no way this could be like the kansas city game no way uh, six yes one. way six one the final score of if, if you back the alt line minus four and a half on the uh, on the st louis cardinals you're doing pretty well right now uh six one Pujols goes deep 686 mm-hmm. a 10 i'm rooting for him to get 11 more home runs so he passes a rod uh, but here you go again. I mean, it's when you're sitting there at 162 games, weird stuff's going to happen. And 
This Blue Jays team had won seven in a row. Mm-hmm. Wayno goes out there throwing his junk, and he shut him down. Yeah, nine of the last ten for the Blue Jays coming mm. into tonight, and obviously this was a big move. Not quite as pronounced as facing the Royals uh, AAA lineup that you mentioned on <laughs> last Thursday. They were basically going against the uh, the old Omaha Royals. I think that's now the Storm Chasers, and nevertheless, Kansas City did get the win, and St. Louis does so tonight. This closed, I believe, about two fifty, pretty much market wide. Total was eight, but Adam Wainwright, the ageless wonder at 40 years old, still finding a way to get guys out. He can't overpower guys, but when you get older, hold in, in Major League Baseball, it's all about being like a real estate agent pitcher, yeah. location, location, yeah. location, and Adam White, uh, Wainwright, rather, certainly locating tonight. There's a joke to be made about sports talk show hosts, too, but I'm not going to go there because I can't figure out the punchline yet. So we've got <laughs> we got Wayno taking care of business today. Mets and Yankees 2-2. For the most part, that's the action with the Red Sox as well. But, boy, um, there have been some pretty impressive games today. And I I really – I'm looking forward to seeing the ninth inning here between the Rays and the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, Again, 4-3 Tampa Bay over Baltimore tonight. Uh, Yesterday, the Orioles taking out McClanahan. Actually, they got to the Tampa Bay bullpen. And we have a a handful of games coming up tomorrow as well. Anything stand out to you about the early action this afternoon? Because for me, number one – the Oakland A's just mm-hmm. swept the Houston Astros? Are you kidding me, Wes? Yeah, the swinging A's, as uh, my buddy Brady Cannon <laughs> yeah. here at Beeson calls them. Uh, hadn't been swinging, or they've been swinging and missing most of the season, but nevertheless, sometimes that happens. The Astros, uh, just about a week ago, uh, tomorrow night, they were sweeping a doubleheader from yeah. the New York Yankees, and it's like, man, maybe these guys can catch these guys because I thought Houston being so far ahead, more than likely in the, in the AL West, that – okay, they're going to be a little bit judicious with their lineup. You know, maybe they skip a start with Verlander here. Don't want to wear out the old man, even though he's got a Cy Young campaign. You want to keep him healthy for the playoffs, but they get swept by the A's. But one of the games that really stood out to me, actually, and I know we're going to get into a discussion later about all the divisions, Mm -hmm. the AL Central, I think it's pretty much a consensus that we think the Chicago White Sox are the most talented team in this division and probably – Still could be the justifiable favorite, but they find a way to blow one in Colorado today against the Rockies. Uh, Kendall Graveman walks the first two and then gives up a double, which plates two runs. So, you know, the White Sox, those are the games you got to figure out a way to win because the Rockies looked, and, and maybe they haven't been as bad as people thought, 45 and 54, at least somewhat respectable, but these are the games you got to figure out a way to win if you want to start to really be a factor in the AL Central. Chicago White Sox figured out how to lose it. Yeah, the, the question is, though, when do they start turning around? When do we start buying into this team if they turn? Because all, all right now is the speculation. It's all about speculation. T- Tony LaRusse is one of the greatest managers of all time. There's no question. The other question is, has the game passed him? Right. And I think you can make an argument that it has, but there's also quite a bit of the season left for him to get out of this hole. Yeah, and and look, I, I I just don't. I look at the competition with the Guardians, who, by the way, bottom of the ninth, they lead up in Boston seven to six. But I look at the Twins and like those teams that are in front of them are absolutely gettable. So I don't think that those teams exactly scare you. Uh, Giolito still trying to kind of find himself. A lot of this White Sox staff trying to find itself. Giolito only goes five, gives up three earned six hits, and also four walks. But Giolito and Lynn have been kind of the disappointment. I know Lynn came back from injury about three or four weeks ago, but those guys on the White Sox staff all had career years. 
And this year they're not, except for Dylan Sees. Dylan Sees and Johnny Cueto, even in his age, has still been at least relatively consistent. But this White Sox starting rotation, they might be in the market for a back-end starter because we're going to have the trade deadline next week, August 2nd. Yeah, it might need more than that. Lance Lynn. You were talking about guys having career years, right? Lance Lynn had been coming along, along and uh, it's been rough. It had been rough mm-hmm. watching Lance Lynn from time to time this season. Okay, that's a little baseball talk. We'll get back to baseball later on in the program as well. Wes and I have a good show set up for you. In about 15, 20 minutes, Jeff Kerr is uh, with Fantasy uh, Writers of America, also has some good insight on the Eagles. We could talk some betting with him as well. And, of course, lots and lots of National Football League talk. We will come back. We're, we had a nice discussion about the best wide receiver core in the NFL last night. Femi and I were on. Let's talk a little Bengals. Some props there. We'll get into that wide receiver core, the one that I think is the best in the National Football League heading into the season. He's Wes Reynolds. I'm Holden Kushner. Thanks for hanging out with us here uh, this evening. We'll be back on the nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of the Nightcap is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a simpler way to experience nicotine satisfaction and enjoy lasting change on your terms. Zen Nicotine Pouches are fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that have helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. Now, I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life where I needed to make a change. I knew I needed to make a change, but I just wasn't ready yet, and then my ex-wife told me we were ready. I'm sure lots of smokers and dippers out there, you can relate. Zen understands there isn't one right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline's a little different. Everyone's on their own journey. So whenever you feel like you're ready to take that first step toward a change, Zinn's going to be there for you with the right strength, the right flavor at the right time. If you're thinking about making a change and you want to learn more today, check out Zinn Nicotine Pouches at Zinn.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine and nicotine is an addictive chemical. And welcome back to the Nightcap. Holden Kushner with you from the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Wes Reynolds, you know him. We're hanging out here tonight. Uh, good things happening on my end. I think there could be some good things happening on your end. Let's start with that Eduardo Escobar 
doubling to get going here in the bottom of the ninth. Then a little bunt. We don't see that too often. A runner on third and one down. If you're looking at the under here, 2-2 in the bottom of the ninth, you got to be feeling okay. Yeah, Nito did the job there, made the sacrifice, gets Escobar over to third. It is uh, Peralta on for the Yankees tonight. So uh, it is going to be Brandon Nimmo, top of the order, going to be due up. Uh, got Get him on, get him over, get him in, right, is how it works here in baseball or how it should work. Uh, Mets have done everything but gotten him in. So runner on third, just one out, all tied at two. We're also tied in Camden Yards, and that is good news for you. It is, but I do have a question for you about Buck Showalter real quick. Is it, Are he and Tony LaRusso the only two managers left that would actually bunt with a runner on second and nobody out? Probably. Right? They, they at least are, you could probably count them on one hand, and those are two of the digits on that hand that would absolutely do it. But it did work this time. So uh, 90 feet away, the winning run for the Metropolitan. Yeah, I'm pretty happy. Uh, you never, you never want to lay down on a bet, but it wasn't feeling great. The Orioles uh, had over three and a half runs for them tonight. This is a team that had scored over three runs in 11 of 12 games. They're playing great baseball. Jorge Mateo ties it up in the bottom of the ninth inning with a solo blast. And now it's 4-4 in the bottom of the ninth inning, and the Orioles are trying to walk it off. Uh, Again, they're a fun team to watch right now. Yeah, they are, and they are no longer in last place because that uh, honor or dishonor, as it were, belongs to the Boston Red Sox. Uh, They give up the solo shot to Naylor in the top of the ninth. Mm -hmm. Guardians get the win 7-6. Red Sox now one game under five hundred, And, you know, they they were started slow, and then all of a sudden they got people's hopes up, and – they're kind of one of those borderline teams, I think, Holden. You know, do they really think that they're in it in terms of the wild card? They're certainly not in it for the division, but I personally think that they probably ought to think about being sellers come next week's deadline. Yeah, why is that? That's just well, I just I, I don't think that the pitching has been good enough. Look, you always have a chance in Fenway Park because you've got power with Bogarts and Martinez and and all and all of these guys. So you've always got a chance, but. This team's just been disappointing. This team has looked lifeless over the last couple of weeks. But didn't they look like this earlier in the season? They and did. They went on a run. So it's they like- did. So I guess, I guess you never know. But you're also in the toughest division in yeah. baseball. So uh, you know, maybe not totally sell the farm. But I I don't buy this team for the second half of the season at all. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of people buying the Red Sox. They weren't buying them at the beginning of the year. They got hot. Obviously, the upside is there. But Denver's got banged up. To me, that's that's a big. Problem. Yes. That's their most valuable player, one of the most valuable players in Major League Baseball as well. So the Red Sox sitting there at 500, and again, the Orioles out of the cellar after the All-Star break for the first time since 2017. An absolutely magnificent stat there. So the Orioles have a runner on first and two down to the bottom of the ninth, and the Mets are looking to wrap this thing up with runners on the corners and one down. And Starlin Marte is at the plate right now in West. Uh, the one thing that continues to stand out about Marte, he is a big dude. He is fast. Mm -hmm. This guy rounds the bases very quickly. So big moment here with Marte at the plate. Runners on the corners. Let's make it a Marte parte. Oh, yeah. uh, Go ahead and get the under here. Get it out of here. What this thing got got, 190 was where it closed? Yeah, yeah. The Mets uh, got all the support here against Domingo Herman, who's only in Mm -hmm. his second start of the season. So you know, and obviously when Scherzer but the fact that Scherzer got beaten his last start too against you Darvish last week. You know, it's like, is Max Scherzer really going to lose two in a row? Better certainly didn't think so. By the way, Herman in his second start, only goes four and two-thirds, gives up two earned and five hits, two walks, did strike out seven. So 
trying to get him. That rotation's been pretty strong, though, for the New York Yankees without him. So uh, Marte Parte with the game-winning RBI. So 3-2 to two Metropolitans over the pinstripes. Uh, it's a good night. Look at that. We start the show. We each cash a bet within five minutes of each other, and they're partying at City Field. So 3-2 Mets get the win. This team obviously feeling very special right now. But if you're a Mets fan, you know Doom is right around the corner. So. Certainly uh, our v- resident Visa and Mets fans, uh, Dave Ross, Jeff Parles, and mm-hmm. company, uh, mm-hmm. they're always waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm like, let's have some hope, fellas. At least you're not a Reds fan like I am. Do you root for any teams? <laughs> Seriously, if you don't have money on them? You know, I've kind of gotten lessened my fandom a little bit. Uh, I mean, there's still a couple hometown Indiana teams. I still root for the Colts to do well. I still root for the Pacers, former employee of that organization. But uh, my first love, I guess, my team that I primarily root for are the Indiana Hoosiers. So I've had a lot of painful falls with this team, but some better winners and springs hopefully coming on the hardwood. It's been a long time since I've been able to be a fan of a professional team. Mm -hmm. I mean, whether it be betting, whether it be fantasy, daily fantasy, anything like that, it's very tough for me to get into it. I'm with you, though. College basketball, went to the University of Kansas. That's all I can do. Our football team's so bad, mm-hmm. it's tough to be a fan there. You, you, you very much feel my pain then, oh. because I think Indiana and Kansas are very similar. By the way, they're going to they're gonna meet up on the hardwood in December. I'm going to actually attend my first game at Fog Island Fieldhouse. Oh, I have my. never been, and I have always wanted to go. So yeah. mid-December, I will be making my trip to Lawrence. Yeah, you are going to have a blast. It's going to be awesome. And the people are nice there, too. Yes. They'll see you wearing red. They'll be like, all right, you know, yes. you're at an inferior school. <laughs> yeah, so when we're down 15 and I'm hearing the K, that's going to be, I'm like, at least I got the experience, but yeah. uh, both clubs actually should be pretty solid. Wes, we were supposed to talk some uh, football here, and I guess we got a couple minutes to still do so, mm-hmm. but we got caught up in the baseball. Again, it drives me nuts when people say, oh, there's nothing to bet on here. We got a full slate of baseball. Yes. The only bad week was last week. Mm-hmm. Last week is if you're smart, you're going on vacation that week. I got lucky. My sister decided to get married last week, so I, I don't keep in mind that it is All-Star Week, but I yes. magically lucked out and didn't have to work last week. This week, though, we're back, man. We had baseball all day. We got baseball all day tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But let's talk some football real quick because I had an interesting conversation, or at least I thought it was interesting, with Femi, and we were discussing the best wide receiver core in the National Football League, and he, he threw the Denver Broncos out there at me, and I was like, whoa. Yeah, you, you, you made the same face I did. I'm like, Femi, you're a smart guy, but what are we doing here with the Broncos? He explained some of the upside. Mm-hmm. For me, it's the Cincinnati Bengals, Jamar Chase, yes. T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, right? Yeah, I would say so. I, I think, uh, and I know PFF rated him number one. It's hard to not agree mm-hmm. with them because, look, uh, Jamar Chase, just a big play guy, eight touchdowns of 20-plus yards or more. That was the league high last year in the NFL. So you put him with Higgins and Boyd. You also have a very good tight end in Hayden Hurst. So when you look at it, Joe Burrow just kind of seems to like be coming into his prime. And I think his offensive line, you know, it can always use a little bit of work, but I thought it was a little bit better. They add Teddy Karras at center, a veteran mm-hmm. from New England. So, uh, you know, get these young guys. Lyle Collins going to be on the right side. So if they could just gel a little bit earlier and keep Burrow off his backside, you're going to see big numbers for all wide receiver one, two, and three. You should. And I had a really interesting conversation with a guy Connor Allen, four for four. He just went back. Now, this is a one-year sample, okay? We went from 16 to 17 games, Wes. But then in this one-year sample, if you looked at the preseason props at quarterback, 76% of the yards and the touchdown totals went to the under. Two-thirds of the running back totals Mm -hmm. went to the under 
it is very tough for me to bet overs on futures. It's, well, I'll never do it at running back. It's right. never going to happen. Right. But it's an interesting thing to look at, and I wonder if the trend continues for year two. Yeah, because look, they're going to inflate these a little bit because this is the new age NFL mm-hmm. where you know defenses, they're kind of handcuffed, especially in the secondary. You can't make much contact anymore. So the league wants scoring. The league does not want 13 to 10 games. Nope. I personally love those old school games as a guy that maybe plays more unders than overs from time to time. Mm-hmm. But you also have to look at how games are called now. You have teams that are willing to go for it in more situations where it's not like, ah, you know, let our defense, uh, let our defense win it for us. No, you let your offense win it for you in this day and age in the NFL. And plus, you have teams going for two a little bit more with the extra points, not being gimmies anymore, starting basically 35-yard field goals. So it's a totally different NFL, and they want to inflate scoring. So that's why you see these props, I think, you know, these yardage totals priced so high. Good. Go for it. You, you price them up. I'm going under on these. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Kerr, CBS Sports. Uh, we'll talk about a pretty good wide receiving core with him, with the Eagles. He's close to the Eagles. We'll talk some National Football League news with him, maybe look at some props as well, he's Wes Reynolds. My name is Holden Kusher. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight on the Nightcap. Again, big win here for the New York Mets. 3-2 over the Yankees in walk-off fashion. Back to the National Football League next on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. the Born in the Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com backslash Blue Moon right now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter, 21 plus only. Terms, conditions apply. Other eligibility restrictions apply as well. See DraftKings.com for details and make sure you drink responsibly. Well, Gamble responsibly, too. That's a good thing to do. Right now, we're going to try and get you a a little more knowledge on the Eagles from a betting standpoint. We'll go around the NFL. Jeff Kerr is with CBS Sports. Um, He's not really a 300 bowler. He told us he was. There's no way he's a 300 bowler. I'm going to take the man at his word, though. You're a sucker. I'm I'm, I'm a trusting Midwestern guy, Holden. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Kerr, you're not a 300 bowler. I know you told us. You keep telling us that. There's no way. Hey, I got the ring to prove it. If you ever want to, see. I got the video to prove it. If you ever want me to tweet it, thing. Oh, you did it one time. I thought every time you were three hundred bowlers. So I'm kind of impressed. Okay, Jeff. Now I believe you. Congrats. <laughs> I'm an idiot when it we, comes to bowling and many other things, Wes. We have a regular Mike Albee or a Neural oh. Anthony on here with us here, Holden. <laughs> Jeff, let's uh, let's get in it here. Um, Eagles plus one eighty five to win the division. Before we get into all the betting side of things. A.J. Brown had to come to Jalen Hurts' defense today. Tell, tell us about it. Yeah, so pretty much there's a story that came out. And, again, it was much to do about nothing. And I'm actually really good friends with the reporter that reported it. Said he heard from someone that during Jalen Hurts' minicamp practice, you know, he had, like, sack three times, threw, like, three interceptions and, like, a 10-play stretch, you know. It was, like, a little bit of, like – breaking down like how Jalen Hurts is doing the minicamp. And overall, he said a lot of good things, but that was 
you guys know how social media is. That's the one they took, and it blew up, and A.J. Brown followed and basically called BS, and he went on Twitter and then went to um, his Jalen Hurts' defense today and said, look, this is my friend. This is my quarterback. I, it, it, there's a lot of false narratives in the NFL, like all on around quarterbacks, and he just went out and defended Jalen Hurts. You know, didn't never denied the story, but he, he you know, he went to bat for his buddy, and I, honestly, I don't blame him. I go to bat for my buddy too. If someone that ever thought bad about him, Jeff, uh, the market is pretty bullish though on the Philadelphia Eagles, and they really have been all spring ever since, even before the AJ Brown trade on draft day. And these guys, all the way down to about plus a dollar sixty-five, I was seeing a little bit less than two dollars. They were about plus two fifty, close to three dollars earlier in the season. Cowboys by default, I think, were kind of still the favorite. Do you believe just kind of looking at the two rosters? Because I think when I look at them, I'm like, okay, this Philadelphia Eagles roster, I think talent for talent actually has more than Dallas. Oh, I agree with you. Like, what did you say it was plus 165 right now? Yes. Oh, my God. I, I take that in a second. Like, you're getting great value out of that. And, you know, I, I, I said this on uh, Sports Radio WIP uh, earlier tonight. I feel like the Eagles took two steps up and the Cowboys took a step back, and the Cowboys were three steps above the Eagles last year. And I think everybody's looking at, well, the Cowboys killed the Eagles in week three, and they killed them in week 18 in a meaningless game where the Eagles already clinched their playoff spot and didn't play anybody. And if Jalen Hurts evolves into that top 10, top 12 quarterback, Eagles are going to win the NFC. There's no doubt about it. Roster, talent for talent, I, I think Dallas is more top-end talent than the Eagles, but I think the Eagles are a much deeper team than the Cowboys. So, I, I think they're they're pretty much neck and neck for this division right now. Uh, Jeff Kerr, CBS, CBSSports.com. So really, if you're talking about the Eagles, so much is going to be on the aforementioned Jalen Hurts' shoulders then. So talk to us here. Uh, how much better does he have to get? The completion percentage obviously has to come up. What kind of steps is he taking forward here in the offseason? What do you really expect from him in 2022? So, yeah, so what I want to see how Jalen Hurts is, you mentioned it, the completion percentage – the second thing I want to see with Jalen Hurts is I want to see him make his first read better. And I want to see him lead his receivers on. And again, it, this is just, you know, nitpicking the nitpick. But and obviously that's what you got to do, right? You know, this guy isn't – he's never going to be Patrick Mahomes. He's never going to be Justin Herbert. Well, why can't he be Dak Prescott? Why can't he be, like, in that tier two of quarterbacks? And I, everybody says about the deep ball. I don't think the deep ball is the biggest problem with Jalen Hurts. I think Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni nailed it right on the head. It is making those decisions quicker, knowing when to run quicker, because he is a phenomenal run. I, I mean, he's hard to tackle. He knows that, you know, he's built like a running back. I mean, he knows how to stay healthy. So I, I think that's just a huge part of his game. If he knows how to do that quicker, or if he knows how to throw the ball quicker and leave his receiver on, he can be a very dangerous quarterback in this league for a long time. And you look at the Philadelphia Eagles schedule this year. Uh, I'm looking at uh, Warren Sharp, who puts out strength of schedule. Second easiest schedule for the Philadelphia Eagles. And really, that's a common theme throughout the NFC East. I believe all four teams in the division, at least top 10, Dallas with the toughest schedule, ranked 10th easiest overall in the league. But, Jeff, I want to stay in, in the NFC East, not necessarily going with Dallas, because the consensus is kind of like, okay, Philadelphia won Dallas 2 or Dallas won Philadelphia 2. Of the what we project to be the bottom two teams, Giants and also the Washington Commanders, 
Who do you think is in better shape? Maybe win this wide open NFC potentially could get that bottom wild card spot. Who would you like better of those two? So I think Washington's got a lot of talent. And we got to remember some Washington, and I know Jack Del Rio's had a controversial offseason for his comments, but that defense was a top five defense in points allowed and yards allowed and were one of the best in sacks two years ago. And Chase Young got hurt. And everything just seemed to kind of snowball after that. They still have Chase Young. He's going to be healthy. Monta Sweat, you know, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, that front four is just nasty. They're going to miss Matt, Matt Elias, but I always forget how to say his name, but they're going to miss him. He's in Carolina now, I believe. Um, but overall, that's going to be the bulk of that Washington team, but you have to look at their, on the offensive side of the ball. Their offensive line isn't bad. I, I mean, I think they're a top 10, top 15 unit, but look at the skill position. Jahan Dotson, I think, is going to be a stud in this league. Um, I watched him for three years at Penn State. He, he was absolutely tremendous. He's going to catch a lot of pass for them. Terry McLaurin, we know how good he is. Curtis Samuel's going to be healthy. Logan Thomas, I think he opened camp on TUP. i got to double-check that, but still, he is a good tight end. And Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick coming back. It really comes down to how Carson Wentz does. And <laughs> it feels like we've been talking about this the last five years of Carson Wentz, but... If Carson Wentz can just not make the stupid plays and take the layup, I, I think Washington has a shot. I really do. I think you're out of your mind, Jeff, but that's okay. I also didn't believe you were a 300 bowler, so it's that's on me, Jeff. This hey, is all hey, – listen, this is from somebody that covered Washington for 13 years, though. They can't get out of their own way. They are talented. I think you're on the right spot, but there's no way in hell this team's winning the division. Are these scars over the years affecting your judgment, though? Holden? No, because Dan Snyder's still their own. I mean, as long as he's there, this team is cursed. No, he's, he's right, though. So uh, this is what I got to say for Washington. It, you're right. It always seems like they can't get out of their own way mm -hmm. or there's some drama coming on, whether it's Daniel Snyder or Carson Wentz or something's going to happen with that team at some point this year. It's, I always felt like there's always where they were the Washington football team or the Washington, you know what, or the commanders now. It's, again, and I like this football team, but there's a reason why I'm only picking them to win seven, eight games this year. It's because you're right. They can't get out of their own way. And they're going to be the most frustrating team. They're going to be a good team at some point this year, and they'll probably be at 500, and you think they're going to make their run, and then they'll lose to the Giants or something. Uh, Jeff, my last one for you, the win total here is nine and a half starting to creep up toward 10 because this juice is between 130 and 135 now. Is 10 wins the sweet spot for the Eagles for you? Yeah, so I honestly think the Eagles can win 11. So hmm. I, I, 10 is very realistic for them. I mean, remember, they were 9 and 8 last year, and I didn't think the team was that great, but they got lucky with a lot of the quarterbacks they played later in the year, and the schedule's often up. With this schedule, they can get to they, – they should start probably four and two or five and one. So they start five and one. I'm going to say pencil them in for 10 games. I think the toughest stretch is that stretch where they play the Colts, the Packers. I'm trying to think who else is in there. I, I think Tennessee's in that. Um, I think that's their toughest stretch of the year, in like late November, around Thanksgiving, early December. But if they can survive that, if they can win one out of that, I, I think they win 10 years. The, the early part of the schedule is certainly the easiest. Even though they start in Detroit, that could be a little bit of a tricky game, though. I know last year you look 44-6, to six, but all of a sudden, uh, four and a half, five starting to populate Detroit. Uh, Detroit's going to be ready for Philly, and that's one of the things about betting a team. I like this Eagles team, as Jeff does as well, but you don't necessarily have to bet them in the first week of the season, even if you like them on a macro level. No, there's no doubt about that. 
I have a golden rule when I do my NFL parlay bet, especially when games. I will never do a week one of the season because I'm going to lose no matter what. Yeah, stop betting parlays too, Jeff. But I do hope you hit them, my friend. We got to let you run. Great hit today. Really appreciate it. At Jeff CBS on Twitter. Take care of yourself, Jeff. Sounds great, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, Jeff. Great spot there. I got a lot on the I got a lot on the Eagles now. Now we got an insider taking them for 10 wins. I don't know about minus 135 juice, but it'll be interesting to see there. Yankees just made a trade. Wes and I'll come back, discuss that a little bit, get into some more NFL talk as well. He's Wes. I'm Holden. This is the nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSIN football betting guides are coming soon. There's no better way to prepare for the college and pro football seasons. I cannot wait. Rumor has it I might be having one tonight. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, player awards. Reserve your copy of the Football Betting Guides today. Get access to everything we offer for the entire football season with a VSIN all-access subscription. Make this football season your best ever. Subscribe now at vsin.com backslash subscribe. All right, well, welcome back into the Nightcap. My name is Holden Kushner. You know, Wes Reynolds here. We got a little trade in baseball. They said Andrew Benatendi would never go to a contender because he's not vaccinated. And we just found out that Andrew Benatendi is on the move. He is going to the New York Yankees for three prospects. Jack Curry had it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, first from the Yes Network. And I must say, we we're waiting for another left-handed bat. I don't know if this takes the Yankees out of the Juan Soto sweepstakes or whatever, but you got to like the move anytime they go out and pick up a left-handed bat with the exception of the Gallo deal. Yeah, Andrew Contenentendi now. Uh, he is going to a contender with the New York Yankees. And look, good season so far, 321 on the average, 389 OBP, 788 OPS. So this is not a guy that I think is going to be an everyday player, but you know, another guy that you can put in the outfield where you don't have to. And I know Aaron Judge right in the height of the AL MVP race, but it's okay to give him a day off or two. It's okay to kind of give Stanton a day off. And he's a guy you can use in DH. He's a guy you can use in the outfield. So 
pretty good pickup, I think, for the Yankees. And we're going to start to see these moves, I think, come uh, fast and furious. Uh, the team that defeated them actually earlier tonight, the New York Mets. Of course, they got Dan Vogelbach mm-hmm. from the Pirates over the weekend. And you could see what teams now are starting to sell. We've already seen the Pirates start selling a little bit. The Kansas City Royals certainly are going to be a seller. The Tigers, the Cincinnati Reds, Cubs, those teams are obviously going to be sellers, and we'll see if there's going to be more buyers than there are sellers, but we know the Yankees at least somewhat of a buyer early on. Yeah, well, you go look at the numbers. We're going to talk about this. Um, We're going to talk about some of these things later on with the odds for winning divisions, and the Yankees are what, minus like, 3,000 yeah. at this point. Yeah. There's, you know, I was looking at the other thing. No to win, uh, to, to win the World Series is like minus 560. Mm-hmm. Really? Like, <laughs> what is it, a fait accompli that the Yankees are winning the World Series? League odds plus 170, World Series odds plus 380 to win the division, minus 3,000. I mean, it would take one of the greatest comebacks in the history of baseball in order for the Blue Jays, the Rays, or the Orioles, or the Red Sox to catch them. So yeah, that's not Yeah, and, and the Yankees, look, they lead and run differential 197. Mm-hmm. They have the best record at home, 37-12 and 12 in the stadium this year. So there's a reason why they are the favorites. And you look just in the American League East, Holden, the Toronto Blue Jays, I know that they fired Montoyo and they were kind of a disappointment earlier in the season. This team's still 10 games over 500, so it's not like they've really fallen that short of expectations. Tampa Bay are hanging in there, 52 and 45. By the way, they are still in progress, 6 to 4. One man on for the Orioles, one out. So uh, O's trying to go ahead and mount another comeback against the Rays, but nevertheless. This is the best division in baseball, and you got a team that's sixty-six and thirty-two. So, of course, they are going to be the rightful, uh, you know, favorites pretty much throughout the rest of the season. Dodgers, obviously, right there with them in the National League. But I, I just look, and you know, these teams, Tampa and Toronto, I think that they've performed kind of actually at their expectations. It's been the Yankees that have exceeded the expectations because not a lot of people were actually picking them. Everybody was kind of like, "This is the Blue Jays' year." Or you can never discount the Rays, or maybe there's still hope for the Red Sox. The Yankees were kind of getting ignored. Like, they were predicted to be in the middle of the division, and they are anything but. Yeah, and they've been playing 500 baseball, though, for the last month Mm -hmm. or so. It's not like they've been world beaters. They just got off to such an amazing start this year. They've come back down to earth. There are going to be more moves here for the Yankees as well. But again, minus 3,000 to win the division. Forget Pro- about Probably it. bullpen, I would think. Some bullpen yeah. reinforcements if yeah. they can find them from one of these sellers. And, and I do wonder if they go after another left-handed bat. We'll see. But Yankees in a very good position right now. Let's move on over to the American League Central. Because you and I discussed this earlier, the White Sox. I mean, the White Sox are now the favorites. They were not the favorites yesterday. Mm-hmm. They are the favorites to win the AL Central today at plus plus. 115. Talk to me here. Uh, the White Sox, deservedly so. Is this going to be the last chance we get to back the White Sox at plus money for a while? Or is there still a good shot for the Twins and well, maybe even the Guardians? It probably, I mean, depending on how the next week or two goes, might be the last chance for the White Sox. But we keep saying that, and then they give you a little bit of hope, and then it's like another disappointing loss today at Coors Field. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kendall Graveman gives it up in the ninth, and this team, you know, they're just finding ways to lose. If they're either not hitting when the pitching's good or they're pitching well and the hitting's horrible, it's really both sides. They can never get it kind of all situated. One thing that is situated is Dylan Cease, 10 and 4, 203 RA, only a three on the XFIP. He has done his absolute part, but 
you look down the rotation, uh, Michael Kopech has been a little bit disappointing. Four and six and 18 starts, 316 ERA, 497 on the XFIP. Giolito, who we mentioned was the starter today, six and six and 17 starts, 512 ERA. You've Maybe some positive regression because it's a 372 on the XFIP, but Lance Lynn, I mentioned, eight starts, 42 innings, 643 on the ERA. Mm-hmm. So the, the, this, this starting rotation has really struggled, I think, for the White Sox. And you, you looked at them, and I think the reason why we were all kind of bullish on this team, it's like, okay, they're going to finally get healthy. They had T.A. out for a while. They had Jimenez out for a while. Now Robert is back on the DL for a few more days. So... They're starting to get a little bit healthier. Grandal, by the way, just came back a, mm-hmm. a few games ago. So the health would tell you that the Chicago White Sox are going to start to go on a roll because I really bought in. The series that made me buy in really was against uh, the Twins oh, before the All-Star break when they took three or four up there in Minneapolis. And it's kind of that show them who's boss type of series where it's like, yeah, we know you're a couple games in front of us, but we're going to get you. And they absolutely smacked around the Twins, but then – they can't stand prosperity. So uh, White Sox, they would still be the team I would go with, uh, you know, see if you can get plus money, but they're just not running away here. They're not going and grabbing it when you think that it's right there for the taking. Yeah, and, and you'd probably like to wait a little bit on the White Sox, especially given the price was so much mm-hmm. better, even yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. How comfortable would you be with the Twins and the Guardians? I mean, at this point, I, I don't think there's any reason for me to get invested in this market. Yeah, there, there's not a ton really here. Obviously, the cellar dwellers, Royals, who have sold Andrew Benatendi tonight, mm-hmm. and I think the Tigers are going to follow suit very shortly. Uh, AL West, let's go look here. The Astros, I mean, forget about it. We're not even going to bother with the Astros. Th- this, this division race is over. Uh, unless the Mariners can go on another, you know, 15 game win streak. Or well, something. they're on a three, even though they got yeah. swept by the Astros. Yeah. That's another show them who's boss. Where it's like, okay. They got the all-star break at the absolute worst time. Yeah. I think Seattle did. Because when you're rolling, you want to keep playing. You don't want a bye week or you don't want a couple days off. So Astros went in there, smacked them around three in a row. But then the Mariners showed at least a little bit of resiliency. Swept the Texas Rangers uh, today. I, I, I did not think they were going to get that sweep, but nevertheless, they did. So Seattle, by the way, starts another series in Houston. And meanwhile, Houston coming off a sweep of their own. It's going to be Logan Gilbert and your quitty in the opener on Thursday night. So the Mariners, I don't, they're not going to catch them. But I think the Mariners staying in the wild card yeah. race. And look, uh, are they going to be potential suitors for some kind of a deal? They have some very good prospects in that farm system. Obviously, the the youth is really serving them well, mainly Julio Rodriguez. Yeah, year. yeah. They got Altuve back today. I'm, I, let's go look at the Astros just real quick. They got Altuve back. Jordan's still banged up, though. Mm-hmm. There, there's something going on with Jordan. He's not the same guy that hey, we've hey, seen. Hit, although, a home, hit a home run. Yeah, today. he hit a home run today. He had, and, and that was, what, his 29th of the season? Mm-hmm. So maybe we see Jordan getting a little better, getting a little healthier there. But really, th- this offense has been a little bit of a disappointment, yeah. to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, I think so, but they're, they're so far ahead. I think Dusty Baker, we'll see if Dusty Baker kind of learns from his years in Chicago because obviously the Chicago Northsiders, they don't forget about Dusty and how he dealt with Kerry Wood, Mark Pryor, and whatnot. Now you got your ace that's coming off Tommy John that's what, what is Verlander, 38 or 39 right now? Certainly, at least on the back nine of his career, but still pitching like every bit. The Cy Young uh, co-favorite, I would say. McClanahan, I think, is a little bit ahead of him, but Verlander, I think, right on his tail. 
I mean, that sounds like a burned Cubs fan. Were you a Cubs fan? I was not, but I heard enough from them uh, over the years <laughs> when uh, when they started winning. It's like, how are your Reds doing? No, it's like, no. yeah, you're down there in the cellar, at least kind of near us. Yeah, this year. I forgot you were a Reds fan. I think you told me that one time. But again, your fandom's going away. So yes. that, doesn't, that doesn't hurt my, too my, much. my fan is who I have my money on. Exactly. I'm the same way. When we come back, let's see if we got some more stuff to put our money on. We're going to talk a little AFC East wide receivers. We'll look at the props here for the Miami Dolphins. I think I'm a little higher on some of these Dolphins wide receivers than the rest of the market is. Although, again... You know, betting unders for season-long props, uh, probably the way I'm going this season. He is Wes Reynolds. My name is Holden Kushner. Thank you so much for hanging out with us here on the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, Somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. <laughs> 